0: Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera.
1: A shalom, everybody, and a welcome to Christians with Torah, the Bait Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Good to
0: be here. Microphone's working.
1: See the green light? I, I believe everything is functioning as it should. What an honor to be here. Praise I God. I can tell you how, how much I enjoy it. So we... Uh, we are Christians with Torah. That means we are Christians. We believe in the basic Christian doctrines. We believe in Jesus, Yeshua as Messiah, as the Son of God. And we believe uh, that the whole Bible, from Genesis to Maps, is relevant for believers today. And we put an emphasis on Torah only because other people don't. Praise God. And we we like to take the Torah and just kind of Pull away the layers of the veil, the, the confusion over it, what the law is and all this, and how law and grace are not opposed to each other, but yet go hand in hand. Good fathers instruct their children. Amen. And so this season, season six, we're in the book of Acts. Last week we did Acts chapter one. I encourage you to go and watch that episode. It was it was a lot of fun to make. And today we're going to do the first half of Acts chapter two, the giving of the Holy Spirit. We're do verses one through 21, the day of Pentecost.
0: 2,000 years ago. That's right. All right. So, uh, I guess you would you like to read first. I
1: will read verses 1 through 4. So, 1 through 4. It says here, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance.
0: There we go. Yep. We call this being at the right place at the right time. That's right. The Feast of Pentecost was held 50 days after Passover. Pentecost was also called the Feast of Weeks. Why? Because you count seven weeks which is the counting of the Omer in Leviticus chapter 23 verses 15 and 16. Mm -hmm. So this is why this is all falls right into place. It was one of the three major annual feasts in Deuteronomy 1616, a festival of thanksgiving for the harvested crops. So what an an opportunity we have here uh, to be at the right place at the right time. The three annual feasts are of course Passover, Pentecost and Tabernacles. That actually tells you the plan of redemption yeah. So we have redemption and Passover. We have the giving of the Torah and the Holy Spirit. Of course, the children of Israel are coming out of Egypt <laughs> as well as at, Pe- at Passover. But we have, of course, Pentecost is the giving of the Torah and the Holy Spirit, Exodus 19, Acts 2. So prophetically, you know, we're seeing a move of the Torah upon the hearts and minds of people and we're also seeing the outpouring of god's spirit in the earth as well right. if we so choose it uh but lastly we have the last national feast day is of course the feast of sukkot or tabernacles which is the final in gathering yeah. of the whole big kahuna the Supper, the enchilada lineup. yes it's the big enchilada so leading up to that which is really really cool so god is really gathering not scattering which is interesting we have all these things in our culture to cause strife and division and scandals and it just divides us and that's not what he's doing so Jesus was crucified at Passover time and he ascended 40 days after his resurrection the Holy Spirit came 50 days after his resurrection and 10 days after his ascension Mm. so he hung out for 40 days we know that he showed himself to over 500 people and then of course we have. Uh, this fulfillment this was a fulfillment of John the Baptist's words about the Holy Spirit's baptizing with fire that's it also the promise of, of the Lord too that he would he would send the comforter uh, the gospel of John. Well, and
1: you know the miracle of, of Acts chapter 1 verse 1 is that they were all in one place and in one
0: accord yeah everybody was in agreement yeah it was really good so this is you know being at the right place at the right time and in,
1: in, in and of itself a miracle yeah.
0: <laughs> I always say that saying, who's coming over for dinner? <laughs> but cloven tongues as a fire were not literal flames, for Luke says, as of, but looked enough like fire that was uh, the best description that could be given. Uh, fire in the Old Testament often indicates the presence of God. You know, I've seen like a haze over the congregation in the fellowship hall or in here. You'll see like this haze. And um, it's his presence. So here he's seeing these like, you know, like as of fire. Um but once again fire in the Old Testament often indicates the presence of God, especially in his burning holiness and purity, consuming everything that is impure. Exodus three, two, Exodus thirteen, twenty-one, Exodus nineteen, eighteen, uh, Exodus forty, verse thirty-eight. Exodus nineteen eighteen is a good verse. It talks about the fire on top of the Mount Sinai when when the Lord came down and blew the trumpet. We have Isaiah chapter four, verse five, and Ezekiel chapter one, verse four. So God made his presence known to this group of believers in a spectacular way. Yeah, for sure. Rushing mighty wind, fire, and his holy spirit. Would you like God to reveal himself to you in such recognizable ways?
1: You know, I sit on my I sit on my porch in the mornings at my house and I've got some land and I would look down and, and my house or my property is long north to south. And so I'd be always looking to the far south end. There's like a tree line there that you could kind of come around. And I would always imagine like, you know, Jesus, like, it's just me. You know, just come on, you know, just come on out. The, come on, out, I'm just t- turn the corner and Listen. come on here. And we'll just
0: sit on the porch. He's you know? in the city right now trying to help. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Um, when you think about this whole, you know, these these signs that were in that upper room, um this is pretty spectacular. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, this is like signs and wonders. Yeah, you know. Well, I already mentioned that the miracle was that they were they were all in one
1: accord and went in one place, right? Uh, you know, verse 15 of chapter one. That's where we find out that there's 120 of them there. Right. right. So there's 120 of them there, and it says uh, here in what is it, verse? for uh, each of them and they were all filled so in verse four right of chapter two it says that they were all filled with the holy spirit right so everybody that was there all 120 of them got filled with they the holy experienced spirit, it yeah which i thought you know to me was an important point to just be made because what can we do as the body if we're all together in one place and in one accord. Right. And I remember when I was thinking about this whole to event that we just had for Pentecost this year, where they had like you know a hundred churches represented. I think sixty churches canceled their services and had their basically a, a combined right. service at uh, the arena there here in Tampa. And it's it's not just enough to be in one place. We have to be in one accord. And, right. And they were all in one accord. Right. And I think. When when we, by the Spirit, figure out what that means, right. there's no stopping the breakout of the Holy Spirit. Right. Because I, I think we have ideas like, oh, we're all in one accord because we agree on this subject or that subject. You know what I mean? But I, I don't know that it's as simple as just picking something to be in one accord about, right? I think it's it's got to be what the Lord's intentions are, you know?
0: Oh, so. yeah. I mean, think about it. So let's uh, <clears throat> let's see here. uh Would you like god to reveal himself to you in such recognizable ways absolutely i would that would be awesome you know it helps you know it helps so i'm going to read acts chapter two verses five through eight and there were dwelling at jerusalem jews these are the residents of jerusalem check it out and there were dwelling at jerusalem jews devout men out of every nation under heaven now when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Wow. When this voice was, was made, mm-hmm. they were confounded. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? I didn't know a lot of the disciples were Galileans in that upper room. And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born?
1: Yeah. It's definitely a miracle. So um, this miracle that happened in this place uh, is something that, you know, I've personally never witnessed. I've heard people speak in tongues before. I think this is something a little bit different than what we... This is, uh, yeah,
0: an understandable language. ...experience on a daily
1: basis. We'll
0: we'll, we'll look that over.
1: They're, uh, They're speaking, right? And you have all these different people hearing it in their own language.
0: But the Galileans were speaking different languages to match the need of the people that were.
1: Correct. So these guys are Galileans, right? So all these people know that. So they're speaking, and each one of them is hearing them in their own language. Right. So that's a good question. Is it that each one of them is speaking a different language, or is it that they're speaking... And then everyone is hearing them in their own language, so like the you know, Arab standing next to the, the Italian or speaking right,
0: Italian. I mean, I mean the uh, is Galvesti hearing is, Italian. Someone was speaking Italian and heard it, or maybe Spanish, or I don't know. Well, that's what I mean. Is it one person speaking?
1: Which there's multiple people speaking clearly, but is it is it each speaker speaking, and then everyone hears them in their own language? That's a good point. Or is it? they're now speaking that person's language, and then this person's speaking that person's language, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Th- I think you could make an argument I either would, way.
0: I would think that the the sign and wonder, Ryan, would be that the Galileans were actually speaking a different language, and they opened themselves up to it, and right. they spoke it out of their mouth, but they, right. they didn't really understand what they were saying to that degree. But Agreed. everybody that knew that language would understand. Sure. I think that's the the, the sign wonder.
1: and wonder. And so the word translated here as tongues is the Greek word glossa, where we get glossary from, and it can be translated languages, and that is the sense that it it has in verse 4. In this case, the other languages were understood by various people present
0: in Jerusalem. Oh, yeah, Passover time. There's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and they were astonished right because they're all like behold all these guys that speak they're galileans you know and they're speaking right. in our own tongue and i know like like i've been at some funeral of uh events or activities right um over the past weekend and everyone there is from all these different spanish countries right so they're you know a lot of people from puerto rico but then there's other people that are from other countries that speak spanish and everything is in spanish right they did some translating but for the most part everything's in spanish And I can speak Spanish here and there and I can understand here and there. Um, But there's nothing like, like if you're in another country, right. And then everyone's speaking this other language, but then somebody starts speaking in your language. I mean, you you like the, the go up. Right. And so imagine that somebody in another country, like you go to visit and then somebody's preaching in your language. You're going to be a much more receptive to that message because it's the message of your heart, right? Even if they're preaching the same message, one person in the the language of the locals and one person in your like the language of your heart, right? The one that you know best, the one that you understand. There's nuances to uh, the way people emphasize syllables and and things like that 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 speak to what they're really trying to portray. And if it's in your own language and you pick up on all those things, whereas Maybe you speak these other languages, but
0: you don't necessarily pick up on it's all powerful. the nuance. It's powerful. To be bilingual is a very, it's an advantage. Or
1: in this case, like septilingual.
0: <laughs> you know, we went to Israel one year and we got invited to a service that was messianic, but they did everything in Hebrew and Spanish. Ah. But then when the guests came or the guest speaker or when someone was going to give the message, they had an interpreter for English. Ah. So I was like, oh, okay, I can get through this. Yeah. But had it not been that, what could I have possibly gotten out of it? Correct. But just felt the presence. Right. Oh, it was with some people, and but I didn't understand anything.
1: Yeah. That's what I think here. I think that's, that's the big deal I here. think
0: in, even us in Hebrew Roots, we speak a different language. People just don't, they don't understand. We do speak a different language, for sure. We speak all kinds of different languages. I remember when
1: I first started coming here, you would say the word Torah,
0: and I'd like twitch. I'd be like,
1: don't you know the Torah's done away with?
0: It's funny, yeah. That, that That's always been a good word for me, though. I've never felt it like that. Yeah. But.
1: but uh, not me, yeah. obviously, as you can tell.
0: You want to move on here? Sure. Let's go. Okay, so I guess it's your turn to read.
1: I'll read 9 through 13. Okay, cool. All right, it says uh, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, uh, Phrygia and Pamphylia, in Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. So imagine that to facilitate the going the, the speedy rapid going out of the message God gives the ability to speak all these languages. That was a, That's a lot of languages. Everybody hears it in their own tongue.
0: You got to read 12 and 13.
1: Oh yeah, sorry. And they were all amazed and were in doubt saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said these men are full of new wine.
0: So if we just break this down literally at this, at this event. <clears throat> the long list of nations covers most of the first century Roman world, particularly areas where Jewish communities existed. It provides one of the most comprehensive ancient catalogs of the Jewish diaspora, the Jews living outside of Israel. I mean, we can see that. And of course the word proselytes is the Greek word proselytos, <clears throat> and it means an arrival from a foreign region especially an aceder a convert to Judaism so a proselyte would be someone who converted to Judaism
1: it's funny cuz this word aceder so it's like the opposite of the word secede so when you secede from like the union right you break away and aceder would be joining to ascend yeah well there's no ascend right ascend is to go uh, up right yeah, so aceding yeah. is like aceding, the opposite of yeah. seceding
0: so you know the uh the presence of the crowd indicates that the setting must be the temple grounds The only place in Jerusalem that could accommodate more than 3,000 persons, we find in verse 41. The fact that they were dwelling at Jerusalem suggests not only Jewish pilgrims, but local residents as well. Um, So there was a display of uh, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit on the people. So they seem to be in the upper room, or this place called the upper room. And then the manifestation happened, and then people saw the... um, you know, they saw what was going on with the people.
1: So so let's imagine. What's the what's the tradition on Shavuot, on, on Pentecost? What is it that the Jews do on to celebrate? Pentecost comes. Two
0: big loaves of bread. They have wave offerings of two big loaves of bread.
1: But they all get together, right? And they stay up all night. Yeah, they stay up all night. So the whole point is stay up all night. They read the Book of Ruth. Right. They read the whole Torah. Yeah. <clears throat> right? And they do study all night. So it's an all-night, like, Scripture fest. Well, I imagine, right, that... These guys are in their upper room, 120 of them, in that whole group. And then you have groups all over Jerusalem, yeah, right. That are all in their groups.
0: That's true. So and they all come together. So it would yeah. seem.
1: It would seem that over here, right, that it says in the room that they were in, right, there was a sign of a mighty rushing wind, and then the 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 tongues of fire come. But then what happens is as you know before the sun comes up, everybody works their way towards the temple because at yeah. sunrise they have this big event
0: <laughs> that's what it's got to be And so boom the sunrise the comes up out. they're
1: talking and then now everybody's like, wait a second, I hear these guys speaking in my own language. that's right and it causes a big ruckus.
0: That's interesting. So I'll read verses 14 and 15. this is Peter's first sermon. Um, but Peter standing up with the 11 lifted up his voice once again and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, which is, of course, 9
1: a.m. Right. And so when the crowd recognized that something supernatural was taking place, they were curious for an explanation. At this point, Peter stepped forward and explained what was happening. I find it interesting because, if you think about it, like I said, if if you have a big group of people and they're all, you know, speaking the local language and then or they're speaking a bunch of different languages, but then you start hearing somebody speak in your language, that's going to get your attention.
0: And, you know, this all goes back to and I shared this at Freedom Square, even here, that this is what's amazing is at the Tower of Babel, they all had one language, but it was evil what they were trying to accomplish and do. Right to take the place of God and be united. like I would say like globalization or something. But um, it was interesting that you know God says, well, I've got to go down there and do something, or there's nothing they can't do. Right. So it talks about that he had to go down there to confound the languages. So that's when you have the beginning of the nations. So they just separate, and they become these nations, and then from there we know we go to the story of Abraham, and Abraham is actually... Um, the represents Israel. You yeah. Know? So the cool thing is, what's really cool is the fact that um, you know we turn around and um, and and look at what happened. Well, you know, look at what God has accomplished. He, he brought all these people together to understand the language or to understand the gospel. So that's what he. That's the, that's the really the miracle right there. Yeah. So he now he's saying to the lower Elohim, those territorial spirits over Prince or Greece or whatever it is, we turn around. And uh, what happens is we have a, a united language now because they understand the message in their own tongue. So that's opposite of what he did at the Tower of Babel. So what do you think?
1: Yeah. No, it is. It's the exact opposite. It's like it's like a repairing of.
0: He's put them on notice. Yeah. So that's the end of the fourth day. Yeah. If we think about it. So um, I think it's my turn to read.
1: Uh, you just read. So I'll, I'll. Are you sure? I am, did, did I read? I am positive that you just read. You just read the last scripture, um, <laughs> verses fourteen and fifteen. Okay, so good. I'll, yeah,
0: and I'll, I'll be able to expound on this a little bit, and you can interject as well. Yep. This gets really good because we does. went from like the Tower of Babel to now the Prophet Joel. So yeah. let's look at that. It does.
1: So uh, Peter quotes the Prophet Joel verses sixteen through twenty-one, but this is that which was spoken by the Prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable Day of the Lord come, and it shall come to pass that whoever, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved.
0: Wow, so we've got a lot going on here. So now Peter just wants to jump, jump in here, and and and, and he wants to, he wants to really just just get into some the Book of Joel. And so what we see here is that uh, it's a, it's actually a prophecy is quoting the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32, and it's in its context, okay? The word prophecy, or to prophesy, is the Greek word uh, prophetouo, and it means to foretell events, divine, speak under inspiration, exercise the prophetic office. So to prophesy means to uh, foretell events. It means to actually speak the very oracles of God. So sons and daughters are going to do that. The word visions is the Greek word horasis, and it means the act of gazing Uh, externally, an aspect or internally, an inspired appearance, sight of gazing. You know, think about it. You're seeing something. You know, you're gazing at something, and that is of course uh, horasis. That's visions. Uh, The word dreams is the Greek word enipnizamiya. I mean, that's serious (laughs) Greek word. It means to dream. (laughs) probably butchered the Greek. Yeah. But here's what it is in a nutshell, this bullet point. The prophecy from the prophet Joel gives us an example of three generations. The sons and daughters would be speaking the very oracles of God. The young men shall have visions, which means fresh revelations from God, and the old men would be dreamers. So think about that. Three generations in one house. Yeah. So you've got three generations, and three is very important. Three is divine, and it's of the Lord.
1: And this is one of those things where, like, there's a whole like half of the of the church that believes in a concept or a a doctrine of cessationism, right? That the gifts of the Spirit have ceased with the apostles, and this would lead me to believe that, like, how does that make any sense if we're saying here that there's three generations, right? There's going to be more generations after the apostles when the prophecy is about multiple generations having the gifts of the Spirit. So it just doesn't make sense to me that the gifts have ceased. Now I don't know what. I'm not pretending to be an expert on on what that looks like, right? And what is the proper manifestation of the gifts? I think that's a whole other conversation. But the idea, just simply, from a doctrine standpoint, that it's ceased with the apostles, I don't know if I can buy that.
0: You know, if we think about it, if we don't look at the gospels, if we don't look at Paul's letters and get some instructions, then we've got a, we've got a watered down church. Well, and we have a church that's impotent. I mean, because I, you're not really using all the gifts. And equipping the Saints like you're supposed to I mean that's why I look at it so like the, like the groups that are more
1: cessatious, there's a little bit of nuance but I don't want to um, misrepresent what they believe they believe that nobody has the authority today as the Apostles and prophets had back then that um, you know the Apostles had an authority given by Jesus himself and that they were witnesses uh, to his baptism to his life and ministry to his death, burial, and resurrection. And that that was the main qualification when they were choosing Matthias to find another apostle, somebody that was a witness to all of that, that could then take that message and go on. But you would make sense that if you have these 12 apostles, that you're taking this to go and move forward and making disciples, that if this was going to go more than one generation, that they had to pass it to the next group, right? And I don't think that there has been a, a continuous line of apostles that we can track and say this apostle then gave it to this apostle right. or anything like yeah. that and i don't think that we necessarily even no. need it to be 12 right uh per se but to say that the gifts of the spirit are now converted from prophecy to proclamation i think that that which is basically the cessationist view that now we have prophecies here in the bible and we proclaim them right. and that that's the gift of prophecy today right and that no extra biblical prophecy that god's not speaking in an authoritative way to people today to then continue giving that word.
0: Right. But you know what? It says right here in Acts chapter 2, verse 18, And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Now, this comes to mind that you have this family, these relatives, these three generations or whatever, that are, of course, prophesying. And then you have fresh revelation from God, visions, and dreams. So I want to give you an example here of this that really spilled out with Moses. While Moses was in the wilderness with the children of Israel, he said in Numbers eleven twenty nine, would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Yeah. Okay. So what was happening? The 70 got the leadership and, and the spirit poured out on them. Okay. Then what happened? Nadab and who or, or no who was it uh me dad and El dad and me dad dad and dad who no it wasn't them yeah but they were part of the priesthood but I'm sure they prophesied for before they died but I'm just saying the spirit actually flowed out into uh into the uh other people and so they're like hey you know what's going on here you know uh you know there was reported to Moses that these guys weren't really a part of the 70 and I love what Moses says would God that all the Lord's people he's like I wish everyone would prophets and that the Lord would put His spirit upon them. so so you know, uh, now, there's something else to to, to play out here, too. Um,
1: it's funny because so this is what Moses is saying. Moses is saying, "I wish everyone would prophesy. Yeah, and I think we could add uh, a little disclaimer there and put in the word genuinely, right? I wish everyone would genuinely prophesy. Uh, because there's definitely false prophets, there's definitely people out there, and I think that there's a large group of people, are, and I th- I would say the majority of the Christian church, if they were to hear someone say, I wish everyone would prophesy, they get it in concept, but they're thinking of people, and they're like, I wish these people would not prophesy, <laughs> you know?
0: Well, think about all these things <laughs> that people are saying. Is it going to come to pass? Is it even true?
1: Well, and that's, how we, that's the I'm test just, of a prophet, I'm right? just we saying, know-
0: I mean, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, in the times of Jeremiah— they were saying, "Oh, no harm's going to come to you. Nebuchadnezzar is not going to do this or that," and, and he did. God used him as an instrument for yep. punishment, and yep. it happened. Right. So that's a good example of the false prophets. being Which is why false Jeremiah prophets. made
1: it into the Bible, right. and
0: the rest of them didn't. That's good. Uh, the last now this is where it gets to be very interesting too, because it says, "And it shall come to pass in the last day," saith God. Okay, about you know about Joel and this all happening. Well, the last days are not just in the distant future, but were inaugurated at Pentecost. So two days, right? See, First uh, Corinthians chapter ten verse 11. 2 Timothy three one, Hebrews chapter one verse two, James chapter five verse 3. 2 Peter chapter three and verse three, uh, and this will continue until Christ's return. Uh, they are the last days, and that the coming of the Messiah, long predicted in the Old Testament, has now occurred. Acts mm-hmm. two seventeen. Amen. So. You know, as we look at this and we break it down, we say that, wow, you know, it's 2023. That's why the Messiah 2030 video or teaching is so interesting because. Intriguing. Yeah, yeah if, if, if it's assumed, the assumption is that he, 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 of course, suffered, died, and was buried and rose again in the year 30. Right. Because why are we uh, still in the second day? You know, what's going on here? Right. At the end of the fourth day, it said that Yeshua came. So this is interesting because now we can say in the last days, especially since the year 2000 oh, man. in the Gregorian calendar. For sure. Look at what all took place. You had nine eleven in 2020. We had COVID. I mean, you have yeah. a lot of things that are well, going on. Well,
1: even Paul on. thought that he was going to see the return of Yeshua, right? I mean, Paul says we who are alive and remain when in First Thessalonians. That's a good before. point. I never thought about that. So, I mean, these guys who thought they were part of that. Pre-tribber.
0: No, I'm just kidding. How does... I'm
1: sick. Paul the (laughs) (laughs) pre-tribber. You take that up with Paul, you know. Yeah. Well, Paul was a
0: pre-tribber. I don't know. So here we go. You know, now we're going to switch gears because now we're going to see signs in the heavens. So we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and it's manifesting in sons and daughters, young men, old men. Uh, And now we're having this where uh, it says, and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord comes. So that has yet to be fulfilled. So the darkened sun and bloody moon, whether literal or symbolic, indicate the final consummation of the earth. So That's right. this astronomical prophecy has yet to happen in the future.
1: Right, and there's there's been what they call blood moons, uh, but I'm, I'm convinced that... People won't be confused when they see these signs. It oh, won't no. be like I wonder if
0: that's the we've sign. had. We've had them, f- you know, four blood red moons for feast days. And oh yeah, 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 for sure. And we've had some astronomical signs,
1: but I think those are like uh, birth pangs, Like just like precursors to to what is coming. I think we're gonna be like, oh, there, that's the blood moon. Right. <laughs> I don't think we'll be confused. Oh, it's actually kind of pink, like uh, you know. I don't think it's gonna be like that. I oh, think it's, it's a harvest
0: like, moon. Right. 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 Exactly. We'll go ahead and hit this one because this is. Gets to be very interesting well, yeah, so, when we so talk about So, this last
1: verse here, and it shall come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's what
0: Peter says. Because he's quoting Joel. But we have to go back. This is what we're going to do. That's and right. uh, you go ahead and hit the bullet points. Right.
1: So, not everything mentioned in Joel 28 and 29 was happening that particular morning. The last days include all the days between Jesus' first and second coming and here the words mean from now on okay so, so the great and notable day of the lord in verse 20 denotes the whole gospel age
0: right, right? it oh. makes sense you know for so for two days now we still have the punishment of the diaspora the right. scattering but yes. god's gathering 75 years ago the nation was founded in israel and so we also of course can can reflect on the fact that You know, the gospel has to go out for those two days. That's right. After two days, I will revive you. So
1: on this Pentecost, as spoken of in Acts chapter 2, because I I feel like we need to mention, I don't think we've mentioned yet today, that Pentecost is a, a festival found in Leviticus 23, right? It was 1,500 years before this event happened. It was celebrated for 1,500 years. And it was the giving of the Torah, right? So God gave the five books of Moses at Sinai on Pentecost. So the Jews were at Jerusalem celebrating that festival. And I just think it's important to note because a lot of people think like, hey, the church was born in Acts 2. No, the church wasn't born in Acts 2, and I don't mean to mess up anybody's theology here or, or your, you know, biblical tradition or, or, or religious tradition, but the ecclesia was in the wilderness at Sinai 1,500 years. That's 1,500 years, right, before this date happened, right? And so the Septuagint translates assembly, the ones in the wilderness at Sinai, as ecclesia. And then the word used in the Greek here is also ecclesia when it refers to the church in the new testament so the church has always been as part of israel right i think that ecclesia yeah, the place, called out ones right yeah so then you have uh the spirit being poured out on the very day of pentecost and so 1500 years apart you have the giving of the truth and the giving of the spirit and god says right yeshua says those that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth and so this is a uh a relay to, or a, a, a foreshadowing of the Pentecost event, of how the Spirit is poured out on the day that truth is also given. So, at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was released throughout the entire world to men, women, sons, daughters, Jews, and Gentiles. Not everyone can receive the Spirit. This was, or, I'm sorry, now everyone can receive the Spirit. Yeah. This was a revolutionary thought for first century Jews, right? And we find that there's some squabbles that go on as we get through the book of Acts. On, oh, yeah. So. Now, in Acts chapter 2, verse 21, Peter says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is obviously a quote from Joel 2.32, where it says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And then it continues. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. This is a geographical prophecy. The Spirit is being poured out where? In Jerusalem. I know. On Zion. <laughs> I right? know.
0: And so that's the the good one there. It is. And so
1: in the following chapter in the book of Joel, we have judgment against the enemy nations in Joel chapter three, verses one through twenty one. And in Joel three, two, it says, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. This particular prophecy has yet to be fulfilled. Now I know. Over and over and over again. (sighs) Judgment of the nations is coming. These Western nations come and they try to split the land of Israel. And let me just say, there is nothing dumber that a world leader can do than split the land of Israel. You want to just see absolute backlash from the hand of God on your, your power and your authority? Look at Donald Trump. Donald Trump... On January 28th, announced the deal of the century. On January 31st, he announced he was closing the border to China. Why? Because of COVID-19. And then what happened? November, he's out, right? He gets, he gets voted out of office. Now, you can say whatever you want about how the election went or what happened. All I know is that he tried to split the land of Israel. Everything was going great. I'm like literally like like sailing through his presidency doing a fantastic job. Yeah. And then what happened?
0: He tried to split the land of Israel. He mentioned Palestinian state three hundred times. Three hundred. I'd like to get a copy of that. I think you can. No, it's just, anyway. So, wow! You, can you imagine? You got your own peace plan, and then God's got his. Just who's, don't, just don't split the land. Who's like, going to win? It's not complicated. I know it's crazy. Like it, this is one of those situations. Maybe something's going to happen where they're going to part the land or something.
1: Well, I just I'm not amazed. like a two
0: state solution, but something else. I mean you got Judea and Samaria. you got the whole West Bank that's just not part Jordan. of Israel. How about
1: Jordan? Like, go to Jordan. You're Jordanians. You're Arabs. Go to your countries, right? I mean, or become citizens of Israel, right? Annex the whole well, West they, Bank. Well, they've got the-
0: walls up to, to safeguard Israel, you yeah. know. Anyways,
1: all right. So what two points can be learned from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21, Pastor Nick?
0: I think I've used this one already, but I just I can't help but say it again. Uh, number one. You need to be at the right place at the right time. I can't stress that enough. I mean, think about it. You're at the right place at the right time with the right people, getting the right things, and you're already prepared. I love it. That is so cool. Number two, we are prophetically still experiencing the Feast of Shavuot and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit in the earth today. Mm, I agree. But we're competing with the other spirits. Oh, man. That's so why of you want to get rid of the other spirits. And just have the Holy Spirit will, of course, do what? He'll convict you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's what the Holy Spirit will do, which is great. The Holy Spirit's going to convict us. Shouldn't listen to that. Shouldn't watch that. Shouldn't say that. Shouldn't do that. Amen. And that's, that's my two.
1: So my first one was the baptism of the Holy Spirit is available to everyone. Everyone can call on the name of the Lord. Everyone can receive the power and authority that is given through God's Spirit. And so I just think that if you have yet to ask the Lord to give you his spirit and to to manifest the Holy Spirit upon you and to give you the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I think all you have to do is ask. I like that. So my second point was that unity is the greater principle. So uh, an example that I can use that is all throughout the Hebrew roots is there's calendar debates, Mm -hmm. lots of calendar debates. But the bigger principle is unity. Mm -hmm. So... None of the calendars that I'm aware of that anybody has proposed, whether solar, lunar, Enoch, Jubilees, the Jewish calendar, none of them do we have the exact right interpretation of the calendar. And so when you have a situation where we're in an area where we have a gray area, the bigger principle is unity. How do we come together and do something for the Lord and be in all in one place and in one accord if we're not even able to come to the well, same yeah, place we, we, at the same time. We
0: follow the uh, lunar calendar, such so as is Islam and the Jews. Well, the Jewish calendar, right? So we like, the yeah, calendar. we follow the Jewish calendar. <laughs> it's real simple.
1: Why? Because we can be together in one place at one accord in that way, right?
0: Together again. It's easy. Yeah. So why don't you pray us out? Oh, I will. Whew, oh, mm. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Yes. We Amen. thank you, Father, for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon our lives and we just uh, bless those that are listening and watching right now father we just thank you that there's only one holy spirit and that's what we desire father we know that david messed up and he said renew a right spirit within me mm-hmm. take not thy holy spirit from me and so father we just thank you that david was just crying out that he had a little lapse in judgment and had a wrong spirit and he paid the price and so we just pray father that we would have the holy spirit as we go out throughout our day, we would not grieve or quench the Holy Spirit. So we just thank you for the great comforter, one called alongside to help. We just thank you, Father, for your promises, which is, of course, the divine assurance of good. And we just thank you, Father, for what you're doing. For you are restoring, regathering the whole house of Israel. And we are so excited about going into the summer months and having a good report, Father, for we are of the house of Ephraim. We are under Joshua, Father, who goes into the promised land and takes it. And we just thank you for this in the name of Yeshua. Amen.
1: Amen. All right. Bless you guys. Uh, if you want to keep the conversation going, do it in the comments for us. Uh, if you have questions or anything private that you'd like to discuss, you can email me at, at net. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Uh, love you guys. Bless you. Have a great week.